We are ready. There is a lot to celebrate. There is a tremendous amount of news. There is too much news. Too much going on. And some of it is incredible. And we decided West Tampa was the way to celebrate. It's Eat, Drink, Smoke. I'm Tony Katz. And that right there is America's favorite amateur drinker, Fingers Malloy. Find everything we do at EatDrinkSmokeShow.com. We are smoking from West Tampa Tobacco, the Red Toro. This is a 6x52, which means, Fingers Malloy, that it is six inches long. See? Always makes Fingers Malloy laugh. And the ring gauge is a 52. That's the diameter of the cigar, or basically how thick it is around. See? Again, with the laughter. Now, a 64 ring gauge would be a full one inch around. This is a Mexican San Andreas wrapper right there. Nicaraguan in the binder, in the filler. And it is... Nice bit of oil, a beautiful color. This almost has, like, if you were going to draw a picture, create a picture of what the classic cigar coloring would look like, this is it. Like, it really is rich, but not overwhelming. You can see where the leaf is, but still there's a little bit of smoothness uh, to it. As a matter of feel and construction, it just, it just, it plays the part just beautifully. Absolutely, and we just... Lit this and Tony for me. First of all, are you the, all right? Uh, well, I had a little trouble with the cap. Smooth, yes, yeah, smooth. <laughs> <laughs> Finish your drink, honey. Uh, so I've always wanted to do this show with Suzanne Plachette, <laughs> and here I am. By the way, you might want to go to Google for who Suzanne Plachette is. <laughs> Uh, we just lit this, and and to me, you got that. Uh, how how would you you like to describe uh, farm fresh? Oh, uh, scent of the farm. The scent of the farm. Scent of the farm. A little bit of that, uh, a little with a subtle sweetness and some uh, a subtle pepper for me. Uh, I'm going to be interested to see what you think. Tony's well, just Mexican, lighting his. That Mexican San Andreas. I mean, that has sweetness. That has that that little bit of chocolate. A little bit of coffee to it. Very often with Mexican San Andreas, we've seen so much of it over the past couple of years um, that I, I I almost wonder if there's a shtick involved that people use it because okay, this is the thing you got to use. This is the hot thing. Everybody's doing it. You gotta. <laughs> you, but there's really some great cigars out there that are happening. Uh, this uh, from from West Tampa Tobacco. This is Rick Rodriguez, uh, the, the the blender there, co-owner. Um, and and I don't think that they're doing this a shtick. I think they saw a, a vision and and went with it. This company launched in 2022, so during COVID. But it does have some pedigree uh, to it, and we've seen them now for two years in a row at the Premium Cigar Association trade show, and they have made a nice bit of name. They have dropped the cigar that, at least for for I think a, a bunch of shops, has brought people to a little bit, okay, there's a regularity and a quality here that I can go with. We have just lit this up. You want to take your cigar and you want to break that down into thirds. Just eyeball it. You get your notebook out. What did you eat today? What did you drink today? I had a little bit of sushi. I had some mixed nuts. Had myself a Diet Coke. It's been a full day for Tony Katz. You had mixed nuts with your sushi? Not with the sushi. Oh. No, no, no. The mixed nuts came uh, uh, later. Sorry, I had a little bit of sushi. And then you take the cigar. So what do you eat? What do you drink? What is the weather like? We've had crazy storms in Indianapolis. We've had crazy humidity. Today happens to be today, where as we're recording, very pretty day. Humidity's down. It's kind of great. It actually made me wear slacks today. The, the, the temperature has gotten to a point where sensible slacks, it's very comfortable to wear oh, them. So, see, I just thought maybe you'd finally become an adult. Oh, you don't wear shorts anymore. 
Out? Yes. In public? Sure. Where? In public. Where have you seen me wear shorts in public? I don't see you 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And whose fault is that? Especially when you're out in public. You don't you don't run down to the local Target with your shorts on and a, and a graphic t-shirt. So what did you eat today? What did you drink today? Right? Uh, the weather and all that. You want to write that down. And then you take the cigar and you break it up into thirds in your eye. First third, in your mind's eye. First third, second third, final third. What are the flavors that you're getting? Um, we did a straight cut on this, right? Just straight across. No need for a V cut on anything like this. It feels very, very good in the hand. There's almost a part. Like, it feels solid, but I wish it had a touch more heft. Yep. It's a, it's a little light in the hand. But this draw, it's so it's so, so easy. easy. It's almost distracting. It's easy. Wow. Hold on. Wait. He's going in. He's doing the Memphis Munch. <laughs> no, I'm not. that's not. That's silly. So the draw is right. How you bring the smoke into the mouth, right? You're toasting the palate. You're not inhaling a, a cigar. That is easy. That is that is almost too easy. Yeah, that is almost too easy. And and the reason we say that is, you want to be able to moderate what you're bringing in, right? To go with a a pattern that how you usually like to do it. When a draw is super easy. Not not easy, which is good, but like super easy. You almost feel like you're getting too much, and now you're thinking about it at the first, which might have to happen with the cigar. Yeah. Now that 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 farm fresh. What did you what did you call it again? Sent to the farm. Sent to the farm. Sent to the farm. It's kind of going away, and I'm almost getting a little bit of an almond off of the stick. Ooh, that's not a that is not a bad pull, fingers, Malloy. Now, I don't get a scent of the farm. A scent of the farm means literally farm fresh. Do you get a manure feel, a manure scent out of it? I, 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 I happen to like those earths and, and things like that. I didn't get that. Um, I, I, I do get a little bit of the sweetness. I do have a little bit of pepper that's hitting the, the middle of the tongue. Almond is not a bad pull because you, you can argue that there, there might be a little bit of nuttiness uh, in there. there. There could be a, a little bit of that going on, but I'm not. I'm not there yet. I, I think that those kind of early notes are, are very easy. This is a very smooth uh, uh, cigar. There's a little bit of that spice that's resting. I expect, as with a Mexican San Andreas, that as I get into the second third, mm-hmm. then I'm gonna feel kind of like the fullness of that wrapper, like what it, in term, fullness, not strong, but what it delivers. Right. Yeah. That's what I'm I'm anticipating. And expecting uh, in this, and a cigar like this, six fifty six by fifty two, this is seventy five to ninety minutes. Seventy five to ninety minutes is what I would say. This cigar is with a draw this easy, it could go faster. Yeah. Do you want to take a quick question, Tony? I will. T- for you, I'll take a quick question. We had a question on Twitter from F one Prancing Horse. Right. Uh, it seems to me a new piece of cigar vernacular has entered the chat. Can you please expand on what a facing is? Facings. Uh, okay. Um, so vitolas are shapes. Facings are just like how many styles. That's how I've always thought of it. When you walk into a humidor and you see all the cigars facing you, yeah. uh, facings, uh, a Robusto, a Toro, this and that, right? All the different styles of cigars that are just looking at you. So, you know, if you offer one cigar in one shape, that's one facing. If you offer one cigar in three shapes, one could argue that's three facings. That, that's all. Uh, that that means for West Tobacco, they have a series of different cigars. So they may have the cigar, the same cigar in terms of blend 
in in different shapes like they do uh, with with this. They have the Toro. They have a Robusto 5x50, a Gigante 6x60. The question, Fingers Malloy, is this in your humidor at $9.50 a stick? Uh, Listen, we're just into the first third, so I can't answer that right now, but I, I do like that price. It's a, it's a great price. We're going to find out if the cigar matches. Also, some people call this a full. I think I'm going to have to get to second, third to figure that out. West Tampa Tobacco Company, the Red Toro 6x52. That's what we are smoking, and we'll tell you why it's a big day for cigars. The deeming rule is thrown right out. This is huge news if you're a cigar manufacturer, a shop, if you're a cigar smoker like us. Tony Katz, Fingers Malloy, it's Eat, Drink, Smoke, EatDrinkSmokeShow.com. The deeming rule was the Food and Drug Administration trying to categorize cigars the same as cigarettes, and a judge just threw the whole thing out. I spoke with Glenn Loop and Josh Abersky of the Premium Cigar Association about what the deeming rule was and what the judge said. Josh, I want to start with you, and I want to start with what in the world we learn from uh, this ruling, this judge, Amit Mehta, who earlier, just maybe a year ago, had questioned the FDA's decisions here, saying this was arbitrary and capricious, now throwing out what we're calling the deeming rule. Walk us through it. What was the deeming rule, and what has Judge Mehta now said? Yeah, so the you know the, this was a monumental victory. As you mentioned last year, uh, the decision was in our favor that it was found to be arbitrary and capricious. Um, now this was the remedy of, of that ruling. And um, this was the overall regulation of premium cigars and the authority to do such by the Food and Drug Administration. And uh, they messed that up. This has been a seven-year um, litigation process, it, you know, warning labels were a piece of it, pre-market review. Those were uh, two other cases involved in this. So kind of a three-part series. And uh, this was kind of the, the grand finale. In that grand finale, um, it was much more than just saying, hey, you're overstepping. It's saying that you don't have jurisdiction to treat cigars like cigarettes. And for a lot of people, that is still anathema to them. They don't understand why why it's a smoking product. Why isn't it treated the same? Give the breakdown here. Why isn't it treated the same? Yeah, you know, it, they did neglected to address a lot of the comments that were filed. Um, you know, folks like Cigar Rights of America uh, filed comments that said premium cigars are different. If you look at user profiles, usage patterns, health effects, and, you know, the FDA ignored it. Uh, they didn't follow the science. And, um, you know, I think that the judge took him to task on that. They t- he took him to the task on the merits. But at the end of the day, um, the jurisdiction and the, and the deeming rule um, violated the Administrative Procedures Act. And, um, you know, we're, we're very excited for this victory because it means a lot to consumers, retailers and manufacturers. Glenn, the, these kinds of fights happen in the hall of halls of Congress. There's actually some great shots of you and Josh just last week, the premium cigar association and the boutique cigar association, Dr. Gabby Caffey, uh, Armin Capellian and, and, and others really working to try and get both the cigar caucus, which now exists in the house and others to understand these differences and the very mom and pop kind of world that cigars is. This isn't the world of, 
of, uh, you know, big business. This is actually the world of small business. How difficult is it to get the average cigar smoker, right? People who are just enjoying a cigar to understand the detailed politics uh, that we're talking about here, that it isn't about a question of right of right versus left. It's whether or not you get to enjoy a product that you want to enjoy. Well, that's why this moment capsulizes the parallel path that this fight's been going down for not just seven years, but nine years. I was in an Indiana hotel room when this deeming rule first came out. And ironically enough, I'll be back near that same hotel room this coming Sunday night. But this deeming rule came out nine years ago, and we knew then that the politics and the approach, the strategy that the cigar industry had to carry out had to be fundamentally different than anything it had ever done in its history. You're absolutely right. It's a small business issue. It's an American small business issue. And we highlighted that through the public comment period process where over 65,000 comments were filed by small businesses and consumers across America. The premium cigar industry never had to play this political game before in its entire history. All of a sudden, we were petitioning the White House. We were petitioning Congress. We were supporting premium cigar exemption legislation in Congress. We were rounding up congressional co-sponsors in the House and the Senate like never before. Politicians in, in the United States Congress that had never tried to differentiate premium cigars from other tobacco products. I've said a thousand times since this process began, if there was ever any redeeming value of what we just went through for the last nine years is that it forced this industry to study itself. And the culmination of that was the filing of public comment period pieces like this, just to give you a dramatic situation of what had to be filed. This is over a $275,000 study of this industry breaking down that we're not the problem. We're not the problem in public health. We're not the problem in public act, public youth access. We're not the problem on adverse public health consequences like inhalation, addiction, and mortality. And Judge Mayda's decision made it very clear. They ignored what we submitted. Now, now that's... That's part of this story here, right? So this is, if you go to the Premium Cigar Association website, uh, as part as a party to this litigation, the Premium Cigar Association applauds this important decision by Judge Meta. The evidence from the being, uh, from the beginning, it should say, has been clear that premium cigars ought not to be regulated or deemed as the FDA had asserted for over a decade. The point there, Josh, is that the FDA knows the difference. The FDA knows the difference between a cigarette and a premium cigar. So two questions for you. First, how do you describe it, the differences between a premium cigar and a cigarette? And then the follow-up to, to, to Glenn's point, the FDA knew they weren't describing it right. Why didn't they just admit that they were wrong from the beginning? Well, I think, you know, we have a clear definition of a premium cigar. The judge gave us eight points. It has to meet that criteria. Whole leaf tobacco, vegetable gum and water. Those are the three components to it. Um, And, um, you know, they are vastly different than other combustible products that are out there. Um, The research says that, you know, I think that the FDA, uh, you know, it's it's much more convenient to have this one size fits all regulation. And that's what they tried to do. That's what they tried to apply to premium cigars. And they were taken to task. I mean, you, you know, each 
tobacco product out there is is different. You know, the association we represent, pipe tobacco, that's also very different than cigarettes or or vapor products or what whatever is out there. And I think that you know the FDA in in looking at this, luckily we're not under their 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 authority currently. But the uh, they need to examine and do some soul searching as they regulate other products out there. Yeah, the uh, the the ruling looked like uh, this right here: Cigar Association of America versus the U.S. Food and Drug Administration for the reasons set forth in the court's memorandum opinions. Judgment is entered in favor of plaintiffs. The final deeming rule is vacated insofar as it applies two premium cigars, which of course uh, is, is about that definition. The deeming rule being out is huge, huge news. It's incredibly important, but it really is. Uh, th- there's this conversation about what makes a premium cigar because people, they, they, they think a cigar is a cigar and a cigar is not a cigar. It is the definition that kind of changed everything regarding what the FDA was trying to do. What is a premium cigar? I'll get into that with Glenn Loop and Josh Abersky next. Eat, drink, smoke. It is your cigar bourbon foodie extravaganza. I'm Tony Katz, and that right there is America's favorite amateur drinker, Fingers Malloy, smoking this West Tampa tobacco cigar. We're going to get into this, but I wanted to continue the conversation about what is a premium cigar because Fingers and we get asked all sorts of questions all the time, and, and people uh, send us questions. They, they post them there uh, at eatdrinksmokeshow.com. They'll email you, fingers at eatdrinksmokeshow.com. We get asked a lot of questions. The idea of what is a premium cigar is not in the top 10 of questions we get asked, but anytime you bring it up, people are like, wait a second, what the hell does premium have to do with like any part of this? Well, for casual smokers, it's just like when you look at the FDA and you look at the government where they want to put everything under one umbrella, uh, you know, a lot of people who aren't into premium cigars, they just think cigars, well, that's, you know, a uh, uh, a cigar can be bought at a, a lounge or it can be bought at a Speedway gas station. They're all the same. Right. If it's got a, as you would say, if it has a wood tip, yes, then it's a premium cigar. It's not. And so there is this very fundamental, important difference in the world of cigars. And it, it, it matters to how these things are categorized. And that's what this whole FDA insanity has been, where the Food and Drug Administration want to treat all cigars the same way they treat cigarettes with levels of regulation and levels of cost on the application side. So if I have a cigar that's a Toro, right? I have a six-inch cigar, but let's say I want to use the same blend and I want to make it a Robusto, a five-inch cigar. They wanted new applications and new levels of proof at ungodly amounts of money. The lawyers you'd have to hire to do this stuff and be like, yeah, I can't go about creating new blends. Well, bureaucrats love red tape and that is the most red tapey red tape red tape story i've ever heard and you got a sense that okay this is a big celebration for the entire industry you bet but the big boys probably could have gotten around a lot of this it feels like this would have completely killed the boutique cigar world the boutique cigar association the smaller guys absolutely destroyed them so the fda had the rule what is known as the deeming rule like it's deemed the deeming rule thrown out by this judge, Amit Murda. Um, uh, Meta, sorry, Meta, M-E-H-T-A. And so the question is, what is a premium cigar? I, I, I had the chance to speak with Glenn Loop and Josh Haberski of the Premium Cigar Association about this as this judge has thrown out uh, this rule. 
as Fingers is saying, it is a huge, huge, huge win for cigar shops, for manufacturers, but really for us because it allows us to now utilize the little guy. The little guy has a chance to survive in terms of cigar manufacturers, and that means we have more opportunity. So here's Glenn Loop and what he had to say about what makes a premium cigar. Following just that a little bit further, Glenn, maybe in, in your words, the difference between a premium cigar and the cigar that you might get at a local convenience store. Well, we had to go to great pains to differentiate ourselves, and we did it both in a physical context of that, that this is an all-natural product. And that resonated, I think, with not only the judge, but with some bureaucrats at the FDA. Otherwise, there would not have been this recognition that exemption should have been on the table. And the moment that they put the possibility of exemption on the table said that we ought to be treated differently. Josh is absolutely right. There was this diligent effort for a one-size-fits-all mentality and approach and a bureaucratic scheme. And in fact, if you read this original deeming rule that came out in, in March, April 25th, 2014, there was a painstaking effort to equate us to cigarettes. I mean, almost every page of this said there's not a bloody amount of difference when we know that due to the lack of inhalation and again, the lack of equating us with addiction and mortality, we proved beyond a shadow of a doubt that statistically we're a non-factor. And that's yeah, one I, of the reasons that from the beginning of this legal case to today, the FDA itself has said we're on the lowest rung of the ladder for, for enforcement. And by saying that, they, they've admitted time and again, we're not the problem, but yet, yet, yet. Let's treat you like a pack of cigarettes. Right. And and this is much more a conversation about politicos uh, on any side of the aisle. This this isn't a Republican-Democrat issue. There are plenty of Democrats in the state of Florida, for example, and other places that are absolutely with the Premium Cigar Association, with uh, the, the industry, because so much of their world is based in that industry. This doesn't actually become a political issue. This becomes rather an ideological issue and one that isn't based on data, as you talk about, and even some of that, that medical uh, data that shows where premium cigars are in relationship to other things, not being the same product, not an inhaled product, uh, other things like that. Uh, give me an idea of how this affects the mom and pop shop. Josh, I'll, I'll start with you. Josh Haberski, uh, Deputy Executive Director of the Premium Cigar Association and Glenn Loop, State Advocacy Director of the Premium Cigar Association, premiumcigars.org. Uh, uh, Josh, talk to me about you're, you're now talking to the mom and pop shops. If you were going to explain to them how this ruling, the throwing out of the deeming rule, affects them, how do you describe it? Yeah, uh, really two main things. You can have more products on your shelves. And that's something that, you know, we throughout these lawsuits, we've been able to score those victories. Uh, but it affirms creation, um, you know, that that are premium cigars. They, they will have left less hurdles to cross. And then secondly, uh, the cost controls of premium cigars. If you have regulatory compliance, it adds to uh, the cost of the overall product by striking these things down, uh, testing requirements and uh, pre-market review and warning labels. A lot of these other pieces 
um, you know, those would have added to costs, which, you know, would have made it more difficult for small businesses to operate. And for all of us as end consumers of premium cigars to afford them. If you go elsewhere outside of the United States and look at the prices of cigars in Canada and in Europe, it's uh, they're astronomical. And a lot of that has to do with governmental compliance costs and regulations. Let me put it in a little bit of a different perspective. Go ahead, Glenn. I had a, a meeting with the, a member of the United States Congress and the United States Senate staff in a humidor, in a humidor. And we asked all the retailers from the state to join us. And we had about 15 retailers in a walk-in humidor. And I physically went around the humidor and I said, this company can't be afford to be regulated. This company cannot afford to be regulated. This company cannot afford to be regulated. And by and I was dead fight serious and calling them out. And I said to the people in the small businesses that were in that humidor with me, with the congressional staff, I said, what happens when 50% of the companies in this humidor right now cannot afford to be regulated? What happens to your business on Main Street, Portland, Main Street, Des Moines, Iowa, Main Street, Omaha, Nebraska. And they said, we're out of business. We're out of business. And we had a definitive study that was reinforced by the United States Small Business Administration that this is one of the only regulations that they've ever seen where the cost of compliance equaled 100% of the profit margin for every company. Now, what does that say? What does that say when the Office of Advocacy for the United States Small Business Administration as an independent advisor to Congress on regulation says every dollar of compliance equals every dollar of profit. It says to me that Judge Mehta has done us all a favor and the elimination of this deeming rule requires a party and a celebration. It's a big win. It's a big win. And my thanks to Glenn Loop and Josh Haberski of the Premium Cigar Association. Um, this is absolutely a celebration moment for the industry. Absolutely. And it's going to be interesting to see moving forward as this weight has been lifted off, collectively off the shoulders of the industry, what new products are going to come out in the next, say, five, ten years. Great win. Is it a question of that long? I, I want to see how this gets, like, hyper uh, accelerates what maybe some cigar guys want to do because of already economic pressures. And things like that. I want to see what happens there. Yeah, that's true. You may have some people that have sat on the sidelines and decided not to do anything, but then others have kind of thought to themselves, well, maybe we can proceed knowing that this very well may happen. Because they know their future is safe, right? They didn't do as many things, and now they're like, okay, full steam ahead. This is Eat, Drink, Smoke. There are names in bourbon worth knowing. There are names that you know already, and you're not even a pro. People like Blanton, Colonel Blanton, People like Colonel E.H. Taylor, the Weller name. These are big names in bourbon. One of those names that not many people know about but is still out there, J.W. Dant. Now, J.W. Dant, well, there's a whole bourbon brand name for Dant. But the family, that family tradition, if you will, and Logstill Distillery brings you Rattle and Snap Tennessee Whiskey. It's Eat, Drink, Smoke. I'm Tony Katz, and that right there is America's favorite amateur drinker, Fingers Malloy. This is a Tennessee straight whiskey. They do two kinds. They do a four-year and they do an eight-year. This is the eight-year coming in, coming in at 47% alcohol by volume. That is 94 proof Fingers Malloy. Now, it's a Tennessee whiskey, 
different than a bourbon. Sometimes that's just a marketing conversation. Sometimes that has to do with, like, for example, Jack Daniels utilizing that charcoal filtering changes it from a bourbon because bourbon has very, very specific rules. You can read about those rules in our book, Let's Go Bourbon, available at Amazon.com. Let's Go Bourbon. Get it at Amazon.com and you can get our barbecue book, Let's Go Barbecue, also available at Amazon.com. And if you buy 100 copies, you go to heaven. Uh, also, don't forget to leave a review. What? Wow. No, I'm just... It's 105 copies. That's, uh, oh, sorry. I was given a discount. Nah. What can I say? I'm generous with my heaven <laughs> gives right here. Uh, this is... A, a distillery that is, I think, little known and is a whiskey that is unknown to me. Fingers Malloy, check this out right here. Take a little bit of that nose right there on the rattle and snap. This is the eight year that we are, are doing right here. Um, that nose is... That nose is a little bit punched in the face, Fingers Malloy. A little bit. So a little bit of hay. We want to get rough and tumble. Uh, there's cinnamon there. There's that a little bit of that ethanol alcohol uh, but it's, on the but nose. But it's sweet. It, it is sweet. It's like it, it, it's mapley, it's syrupy on the nose right there. Don't get me wrong. It's a very pretty color, right? You're talking about an amber into a copper kind of, of, of color uh, going on. Yeah. It's the nose is not offensive. It's not nope. attack. It's just it wants you to know that it's there. Are, are you getting that a little bit of ethanol on the on the nose? Tiniest bit, right? That kind of alcohol smell, just the very very tiniest bit of that fingers for, but it, for me. But it's not something you you have to get your nose in the glass. I feel like this isn't one of those pours where it could be on the table and you can smell it from your chair. Oh, I did, that I didn't do, right? You poured this in, and it's been there for a while, and I, I did not uh, get, like, a big, big uh, hit from that. But on the nose, it does hit a little awkward. Like, there, there's an underlying strength. That's kind of what I get. The question, Fingers Malloy, this eight-year Tennessee straight whiskey, rattle and snap, Make your own luck. Uh, rattle and snap was a dice game. Was really? it you, you'd rattle the, the dice in your hand, and then you kind of snap the table. Did you yell domino when you did that? I, I, I don't know. That, that oddly enough, there was no Xbox when this game was invented. <laughs> oh. People were doing anything they could to be entertained. <laughs> I tell you right there. Fingers below, are you ready for this? Oh, Tony, I've been ready for this all week. We are going to embark on the rattle and snap. A Tennessee straight whiskey, eight-year limited release we're going to do what's known as a kentucky chew move it around the palate and we do it neat of course no cubes no ice no anything do it neat move it around the palate see where the flavor is sometimes you want to take two sips the first one to set the taste buds and the second one really to get those flavors fingers wow okay so there's a little bit well not a little bit that cinnamon is there uh there's oak uh a nice little sting on the tongue, and actually, I'm getting, uh, for the first time in a long time, uh, a, a nice warmth in the chest. Ooh, yeah. Uh, so either it's strong or you're old. Probably a little bit of both. Oh, that's just sad. Yeah. So, so some cinnamon spice, oak, and uh, really, that's about it. Cinnamon spice and oak would could be enough. Yeah, it could be enough. The rattle and snap, eight year. Tennessee whiskey. All right. I'm going in, Fingers. I'm Ladies going in. Ladies and gentlemen, he go. is going in. He's doing what we like to call the Saginaw Swish. And he's he's 
got a look on his face like he's doing the Saginaw Swish. Ha 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 so, oh, so where is it? Is it hitting you in in the chest? Or it's, is it on, on the oh, there! Hey, how you doing? There it is. It, just, <laughs> it took a little while to materialize. That is an actual, a good warm feeling, an actual heat center left chest. Um, the tongue went from spicy to bitter to a, a bit, a bit almost floral. Or is that like like in a matter of seconds? That's crazy. There's a little bit of a citrus finish at the end. Can I tell you, I think this is going to work for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. There's, there's, I, hold on, I'm going back in. He's going back in, ladies and gentlemen. He's doing what we like to call the Memphis Munch. And he's still it's doing the, the Denver m- Double Dip. Oh, nice. Ah, oh, it's super weird. That's super, because it kind of hurts. <laughs> Much kinda, like love But weirdly enough Like it kind of hurts When it first hits Because the tongue is really tingling And 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 you, you, there is a little bit of heat But that finish is That finish is kind of nice Yeah That is a weird mix And you, by the way There is some oak in there There really is some wood in there Work, work with me on this This feels kind of fall-like to me and I don't know if it's just because of the weather and I'm looking at the calendar, but I'm envisioning sipping this around uh, a campfire in October. Uh, maybe uh, with uh, put it in some warm apple cider. Uh, I get your point. I get your point. Like, this is like hot toddy world yeah. kind of stuff. It's weird. It does, it does have that kind of baking spice, almost clove-esque kind of thing happening. That's a really weird profile. Mm-hmm. And I can see people being like, you know what? It's weird and I dig it. It's weird and I dig it. I don't I don't know. I honestly don't know what to say about it. I don't know how I feel. It's it's it hits very, very strong. That nose is a little bit awkward. Um, but that finish is is kind of there's a, there's a citrus at the end. There is. I think you're 100% right with that. There is a citrus uh, at, at, at the end. And, and, it, and it, 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 kind of, it kind of brightens it up. It kind of brings some things up uh, from that. The question is, is this in your liquor cabinet, Fingers Malloy, at $99.99? No. I'm... I think I'm with you, except I have to move it to a cube just just because I have to, because we, we, we do it neat, of course. There's, some, there's, there's something weird going on here. I, listen, definitely, if it's at your local lounge, you need to try it. I just, at that, 100 bucks a bottle, I, I, I'm well, not Well, now I'm going to try the four-year, because that's only $37.99 a bottle. Right. $99.99. Ah, I got to drink some more. Eat, drink, smoke. It is your cigar, bourbon, foodie extravaganza. I'm Tony Katz. That's Fingers Malloy. We are drinking the Rattle and Snap 8-Year Tennessee Select Straight Whiskey. This from Log Still Distillery. 
coming in at 94 proof, it had a very odd kind of, of, of nose, looked like it was going to play strong and neat. It did play strong. It played weird. It did have that citrus finish. It did have that heat right on in the center chest. It did have that spice on the tongue. And then it just got got weirdly nice. Weird being the, the emphasis here. I still don't know what to make of this, Fingers, but the answer is I got to put it on a cube. Oh, that's what I was going to say. Now, I put a couple of drops of cool water in mine, which is what I like to do. You are going to put yours on the full cube, and then we're going to go ahead. Oh, see right there? That's not a sound effect. That's an actual cube, ladies and gentlemen. And so he's got it on the cube. And uh, why don't you go ahead this time, Tony? You go first. Yeah. On the cube. It's it it's 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 weirdly strong. There is some good wood, some good oak. There is a a touch of, of, of sweet. There is that little bit of citrus in in the finish. It's just it's way stronger than I thought it would be. It's it's just weird. This is an eight-year ten- Tennessee uh, whiskey. All right, a, di- a little different than what we would do as as a, as a bourbon. Here I go. I'm going in on the cube, ladies and gentlemen. He's going in on the cube. He's doing what we like to call. Nope, the- still weird. <laughs> still. Aha! Ha! Did it change anything? No. <laughs> What the hell is happening? It's like the it, that there's a definite spice. You know, I mentioned this. Is there like a little bit of a clove thing going on? Yeah, I, you did. You mentioned that earlier. I'm I not getting that. I don't know what that flavor is. Um, but it, it 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 it's it's syrupy. Maybe maybe it maybe it's it's syrup. It, it it's it's. I don't know what that is, but that finish is a little floral, a little citrus, and and that heat starts to dissipate, and you're like, oh, that was lovely. Are you talking like Mrs. Butterworth? I'm talking Mrs. Butterworth. Is that is that like maple syrup? Yeah. Well, I don't think Mrs. Butterworth is like real maple <laughs> syrup. No. Any any stretch. Uh, you go. You're still doing. Did you add a little water? Just to yours? a little bit of cool water. A little bit of water to yours oh, right there. He's going in. Uh, taking his sip, it's an it's an awkward beast. Yet I think people might like it. I don't I don't know what they're gonna think of the thing. Rattle and snap from Logstill Distillery, the eight year. You don't like the water? It's about it's about the same. I will tell it you, the really finish, is the finish is lingering a little bit more, and now it's a little bitter. Again, I say, I think people might actually. I I, I could see where this has a fan base. It, it's odd. You drink it. How often do you you sit back and you just think to yourself, "Interesting." Right. That's, that's what, it. That's what this is. You drink it and you're like, "Huh? What is that?" But I must admit, the ninety nine dollars and ninety nine cents a bottle. That's 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 a hard one to 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 wrap my head around. I I I really encourage everyone who's listening, if you see this in your lounge, you need to try it and, and let us know over at eTrinkSmokeShow.com what you think of it. $99. It's it's just a price point I'm not willing to go to with this with this Tennessee whiskey. And we are smoking along with it from West Tampa Tobacco, the Red, which is a 6x52 Nicaraguan. Uh, it's Mexican San Andreas in the wrapper, Nicaraguan in the binder. 
and, and the filler. I'm in the second third. You're in the final third going on in this cigar, Fingers Malloy. $9.50. Um, it's, it's, it's not being abusive. It is a kind smoke. I would like to get a little more sweet out of it, and I'm not getting that little bit of chocolate and coffee that I want uh, out of it. Um, but as a, a smoke that will just, you know, do ya, nine fifty is a fine price point. Um, and and they and they have shown themselves over the last two years to have some some stickiness. You can see them in 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 certain cigar lounges. I would just like to see a a fuller tobacco profile on this. I'd like to see. A little more chocolate for my pal. A little more chocolate. A little more coffee. A little. Uh, it's like an almond kind of sweetness on this for me. That that pepper uh, and spice is kind of picked up uh, a little bit. But you're in the final third. Uh, yeah. I'm in the second. But place. I gotta tell you, this this pairing's no good. It's it's no good. I mean, I, I, you take. But a you're sip. not talking about the cigar. You're just talking. I'm about talking the, about the, the pairing the collaboration uh, with, with the with the rattle and snap. The rattle and snap to me, the oddness. Of 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 the, the the Tennessee whiskey and that finish, it overwhelms the cigar. I hear you. I absolutely hear you. I, I don't. I don't. I, I could see where you're coming from. But at this price point, I, I've got a couple of these in my humidor. I yeah, think. yeah, yeah. Nine fifty is a fine price. And and what's interesting is that I was expecting, as I said, the, those flavors. It smokes a little clean, which maybe for some people. That's good. You got a, a little bit of tobacco, a little bit of that 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 sweet in, in there. You talk about an almond that that you're getting, um, and then just to be able to walk away from it, saying okay, good, and not have it linger. Yeah. That may I could see how that could work for some people. And a cigar at this price point is certainly willing, worth trying quite a few of them to see if it works for you. From West Tampa Tobacco, it's time, Fingers Malloy. For news of the week. Well, we're going to do another follow-up story, Tony. It is time, Fingers Malloy, for follow-up of the week. So the Teamsters Union and UPS came to a tentative agreement uh, not too long ago, and it's going to take about two weeks for it to be fully ratified. Uh, the CEO of UPS is saying drivers will average $170,000 in pay and benefits, such as health care and pension, at the end of the five-year contract. Yeah, um, also important news, I quit. <laughs> A hundred and seventy grand. I texted you this story, and you said, "Yeah, but that job has got to be brutal." There's no doors on the side of that truck, so it's it's you know it's a hundred degrees in, in the summer. You're driving. Apparently, one of the, the stipulations, I believe, air in the con- contract is they're going to put air conditioning in that, right. which is is good. But in the winter, oh my goodness, I I I, I can't help but think of uh, there was a blizzard right before Christmas. That hit central Indiana, where it was whiteout conditions, and you know, fifty—it felt like fifty mile an hour, a consistent fifty mile an hour wind with snow. Can you imagine driving one of those trucks in that kind of weather? It, it's not—it's uh, not like sitting on the beach uh, filming a TikTok. It's—it it is tough. Is, and by the way, I think that's why the pay is so high. Yeah. Because that's what you're competing with. Right. You're competing with everybody who wants to be a TikTok star and think they're going to somehow make it huge. And I don't discourage that kind of stuff. Dear Lord, the money's criminally insane. Yeah. But uh, very few people hit it huge. Well, the other thing, too, is you see those numbers. And, you know, a lot of people will jump to conclusions and, and say, oh, my goodness, they're making $170,000 a year. Well, that's also with the health care benefits 
and whatever pension benefit they have. So they're not seeing uh, week to week that high of a paycheck. It's 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 going to be good compensation, uh, but you know their medical benefits are included in that, and and of course the the pension benefits. Healthcare costs have become so out of control. No idea how much of that hundred and seventy thousand dollars in compensation is the the healthcare benefits alone. I think the, the the bigger story, and you're not wrong. The bigger story here is this is what it takes to compete. This is what it takes. They took a look at the market. They took a look at their future and said, how do we continue? And the answer was, this is how we continue. They didn't need a government program. They didn't need any legislation. They needed simply to look at the market, look at their future and say, what will what is required for us to compete? And this is where they got. Well, the other thing, too, is the Teamsters really had leverage here. I mean, if UPS happens to be very true, if if UPS gets shut down for any length of time, uh, Americans are going to notice. And they're going to notice in a hurry when their packages aren't being delivered. So uh, you almost wonder if, if this would have gone to a strike if, if the feds would have stepped in and tried to figure out a way to, to force people back to work. Would the federal government have stepped in or would they have said, hey, United States Postal Service is here to help? <laughs> I, I honestly don't know. As we've documented on Eat, Drink, Smoke on several occasions, social media is terrible. <laughs> yes. Imagine you have a meltdown on a plane and someone videotapes it, posts it on social media, and immediately you're a celebrity and yet no one knows your name until now. It's Eat, Drink, Smoke. I'm Fingers Malloy. He's Tony Katz. Find our book, Let's Go Barbecue, over on Amazon.com and find all things Eat, drink, smoke on our website, eatdrinksmokeshow.com. So, Tony, about I, I guess it's it's been over a month now. There was a video that went viral on TikTok, Facebook, Twitter, everywhere of this woman who was on a plane and she was trying to get off the plane. She eventually exited the plane. She had a meltdown. She turned around and was yelling, and I, I, I've got to clean this up for radio, something to the effect of this mother mother isn't real right everyone knows the story something lizard people lord only knows (laughs) what was going on and all of a sudden here's this woman and she seems in control of herself yeah she's just saying that you know what uh pointing to the back of the plane is not real and she wouldn't get she wouldn't fly with the dude no she just would not stay on uh on, on the plane she just wouldn't do it and she she said enough on the plane where you know you could you could tell a lot of times if someone is under the influence of alcohol maybe they hit the air, airport bar a little bit too much before they got on the plane she didn't seem uh under the influence of anything at least through the video so she you know uh has her meltdown it causes the plane to be delayed everybody i believe had to uh get off the plane and then go through security again uh so what happened after that it was amazing. If you followed it on, uh, say, Twitter, for instance, or uh, we, do we call it X? Now, nah, I still call it Twitter. I'm still not calling it X. There were there were men. Elon is not in control of me. <laughs> there were men every day posting her photo, uh, declaring their undying love for her, trying to figure out who is this woman, what is her name. Well, apparently, she has broken her silence, Tony. Is that right? After a month. Uh, she the, should have stayed silent. Yeah, the Daily Mail has the story. Her name, uh, and I 
I hesitate to. I think to, it's uh, Tiffany Gomas. Gomas? Yes, G-O-M-A-S. So she apparently is a marketing executive, and they were very quick to point out that she uh, was speaking to them from her $1.6 million Dallas, Texas home. Uh, she had this this incident, and apparently it people have been doing everything they could to figure out her identity. And once they found out they're, they're outside uh, stalking her house, she claims that they've been going through her mail. All this over a, a meltdown on a plane. Is it, to me, this is absolutely insane. Yeah, but she's kind of hot. <laughs> and so... Is that what it is? So somebody wanted to offer an OnlyFans channel. I'm uh, pretty sure that's what's going down. It was just so weird. It's one thing to say, you know, I, I, someone's drunk and just like, how dare you speak to me like that? Someone's claiming racism or something like that. We've heard these things before. It's something very different to hear a woman turn around and say, I'm getting off this plane because that blanker blanker is not real. Yeah. That's a very odd thing to hear. And by the way, they made the whole plane deplane and go through security again. They took this woman to the public side of the airport. And then, according to the reporting from Daily Mail, she wanted to get back on the plane. She did what she could to get back on the plane. Can I, may I, Tony? May I put on my conspiracy theory hat for a second? I didn't know you wore any other kind. So, like you said, this is a very attractive young lady. Uh, she is in marketing. This this ends up with a reality TV show. Does it not end up in a reality TV show, Tony? I, I, I don't know what it could possibly be with a reality TV show. Uh, she's she's in marketing. She had run marketing group. She has her own group now. I got to assume if you saw her and you used her for marketing, you called up somebody who was like, we need to change marketing people right away. <laughs> we, need to, we need to change marketing people immediately because the whole thing is nuts. But I love the fact that America wants to know about her. And the only reason they care is because she's, she's attractive. Yeah, and the whole thing is so surreal that people want to like kind of like be a part of it. This is America coming together for like a true crime podcast. <laughs> this is this is our true crime moment, right? It's the what in the world America style. So if if you're saying if she were dressed like Ruth Buzzy, and she had uh, a purse and she was beating people over the head and she left. Uh, People would not be nearly as interested in this, and people wouldn't have been stalking her house on the outside, going through her mail, uh, stalking her neighbors. This has everything to do with the fact that she's good-looking. Going through someone's mail is super creepy. By the way, do you know how many times I've tried to interview Ruth Buzzy? Yes, I know. I have been desperate to interview Ruth Buzzy, and she won't do it. She's like, I'm old. I'm done. I just do some things on Twitter. Leave me alone. Ruth Buzzy was a comic of the 60s and the 70s and would beat people up with her purse. <laughs> and, oh, oh, I'd give anything to interview Ruth. I know. You're friends with her on Twitter. She's I DM'd know. me. I know. It drives me crazy. Kills me. <laughs> Kills me is what it does. Yeah, she's um, 87 years old now. That's amazing. That yeah. is amazing. Still very active on social media, but she's done. Like, she had a Cameo account at one point. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Uh, Cameo, of course, is the app where you can get celebrities to uh, send people a personalized greeting. Uh, and uh, I think she's gotten to the point now. She suspended the account. It's still there. You can see her old Cameo she videos. She can't do it anymore. Yeah. It happens. It happens. Uh, I, I, I think that. The, it's just, what do you mean they're not real? I think that, never mind, the fact that she's hot has more people interested in it. Um, 
it's it's that it's it's the thing we've never heard before. This, when when you first saw people exploding on planes, and by the way, I don't accept anybody exploding on planes, and I wouldn't let her fly again. She's not special to me. Uh, I have rules. But when they first happened, you're like, "Whoa, what happened? Oh my gosh, what's happening?" Oh my. And then it became old hat, and we're like, "Okay, this is weird. We've got a real societal issue." This mother, you know what, isn't real. I would like a full story, please. <laughs> Start from the beginning. Talk slow. Yeah. Have you ever had uh, an incident on a plane where you've seen people act in a way where you thought they were going to get thrown off a plane? I saw somebody get thrown off a plane. Oh. Where a guy two seats, three seats behind me was giving the, the flight attendant a hard time. Uh, and the flight attendant said something about where to put the bag. You just can't have your bag there. Uh, it, it could cause a problem, and the guy was like, "Oh yeah, right. Like there, you know, there's a bomb in my pl- in my bag." Oh. Actually, said the words. Oh, and that was it. That was it. Police came on. The guy was gone. Didn't put up a fight. Didn't put up anything. Guy was gone from the plane. You can't you can't be that dumb. You you gotta be smarter than that. You gotta be smarter than that. Fingers Malloy, you and I have been doing this a long time. Yes, we've been doing this podcast, this radio show. For 250 episodes, as of today, our very first episode was a review of Backbone Uncut Bourbon. Mm -hmm. We smoked the Avo 90th Anniversary Cigar, and we tried a Cuban sandwich. Oh, I still remember that Cuban sandwich. No, you don't. No, I don't. Uh, 250 episodes is a lot, kid. Yeah, four years. That is four years of work. Yep. Week in and week out. We don't even take off holidays. No, there are no None. best ofs. There are no, oh, zero. We've never done a best of. No. We should really try one. <laughs> well, uh, uh, well, I'll put that together. But, Tony, I mean, there's so much good content to filter through to be able to just, uh, uh, you know, narrow down 50 minutes uh, for a best of. It, it would take a, a, a team of uh, boys Crack in a lab. Engineers. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Boys in the last. <laughs> uh, thrilled that it's lasted this long and thrilled that's going to go another four. Thank you so much. Four for, episodes? For letting us do this. <laughs> no, no, for four more years. Oh, okay. Four more episodes and that's it. We're done. <laughs> 254 is where I draw the line. Uh, love doing this and appreciate Eat Drink Smoke Nation being a part of it. Check out the Rattle and Snap Tennessee Straight Whiskey, eight year from Log Still Distillery and from West Tampa Tobacco, the Red, the Toro. The 6 by uh, 52 You want to check that out as well. And yes, as we discussed, this deeming rule from the FDA being thrown out, uh, you'll find that full interview over at EatDrinkSmokeShow.com to understand what the Food and Drug Administration was trying to do, how the cigar industry wins, and really how small business wins all across America. EatDrinkSmokeShow.com. Fingers Malloy, good work over the last four years. Right back at you, sir. This is Eat, Drink, Smoke. Follow Eat Drink Smoke on social media, on Twitter, at Go Eat Drink Smoke, on Facebook, facebook.com slash eatdrinksmoke, and Instagram, at Eat Drink Smoke Podcast.